we had a client that's in the construction industry. They do metal buildings. So we're doing website review. Every single website had a picture of a metal building. That's right. <laughs> None of them had happy, smiling people using and having a good day, being more prosperous because of the use of this metal building. And people are drawn to images of people. So from a creative standpoint, it's always good if you can show happy, smiling people using your product or service, not just the product or service. We wanna have our clients see themselves in the story. And we don't tell your brand story, we tell the prospect story. We want to see, have them see themselves in that story and that kind of imagery can really help that. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Marketing Blender Show. I am Dacia Coffey, and as you can see, I have a special guest host today. Jean Lewis is joining me. Welcome, Jean. Good morning, Dacia. How are you? I am wonderful. And good? Jean is one of our fractional CMOs, but even more important than that, he's actually the head of client strategy. So this is the guy that makes sure that we are driving ROI, keeping clients happy, and doing what we promised to do. So I am... So excited because you and I work together so much yes. behind the scenes. I don't yes. think people realize that. So I'm super excited to introduce you Good deal. to everybody. I'm glad to be introduced. I know. <laughs> and we picked a special topic today. So we're talking about messaging and specifically how to get people's attention nowadays and what even what should your website say? What should your homepage say? And Gene, this is one of your happy places yes. in regards to messaging. So Definitely. this was well-timed. Definitely. Yep. Okay, so <clears throat> before we dive straight in, because I'm always tempted to do that, let's talk a little bit about who the heck are you so the audience <laughs> can kind of get a sense of why are you on our team, what's your background. Yep. Um, your client roster is so wide. Yep. I mean, you have worked with legal and done an amazing job there. My gosh, commercial construction, mm -hmm. IT, software. I mean, you have a huge range of B2B just with Blender. Right. So let's talk about how? How'd you get here? Yeah. Um, and, and that diverse client base is really marketing's marketing. If you do the right things, it trans translates across industries. Yeah. So I've always found that even with diverse clients and diverse backgrounds. But as you can see from uh, my hair, it's got a little gray in it. So I've been doing this a while. I always talk about it. I don't mind it turning gray. I just mind it turning loose, which <laughs> continues to happen over time. But that's just something we have to deal with when we hit a certain age. So I've had many, many years in the marketing field and primarily focus has been marketing for most of my career. Sometime on the sales side, sometimes doing some uh, like sales management, managing a district here or there, but mostly on the marketing side. <clears throat> and I started fresh out of college, went and got my undergrad degree. And during high school, I worked for Flowers Baking Company. Okay, so, I did not realize that went all the way back to high school. Okay, to, nice. Yeah, even during high school, my dad thought it was a good idea for me to do that. Um, while my friends worked for his retail grocery establishment three or four hours a day, and then they'd hit the lake, I was getting up at two and three and four in the morning, loading bread trucks and running and delivering to stores. Uh, so I quickly learned there about the importance of work ethic. Thanks, Dad. To have a, yeah, <laughs> thanks, Dad. Um, so did that all through summer, running those bread routes, you know, do the vacation routes. Went and got an undergrad degree, was gonna stay with Flowers, graduated, went to Tuscaloosa, University of Alabama, moved to Birmingham to start as a manager for Flowers Baking Company. And I learned very quickly 
that in the manager role, you have a different color shirt on okay. and you're getting up at two and three and four in the morning and running red routes. <laughs> doing the exact same thing. Doing the exact same thing. <laughs> not even really making that much more money. Pinkies up. <laughs> yeah. You know, now having people mad at you for different reasons. So that inspired me very quickly. You know, there's got to be a better way to make a living. So I went back and got a master's degree in marketing and came from there and went and uh, joined a management training program with Sarah Lee Meat Group uh, out of West Point, Mississippi at that time. So that was kind of the foundational of how I got started in the marketing world. I mean, that is <clears throat> belly to belly, like being in the weeds oh, yeah. of it oh, yeah. and really understanding the output yeah. of what you were going to do eventually someday. Well, even then, you know, you can learn from everything you do. And running bread routes, being in the retail grocery environment, you learn about merchandising, pricing, shelf position, all those type of things. Uh, that you don't really think about until later and you start applying them in the marketing world. So true. So it was, it was a great background. You can always learn from any experience you have if you're committed to it. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, I cut my teeth in sales and that was so important later on to my philosophy on marketing is will this help us sell anything? And you're right to see it, to understand what conversation's happening when you're holding a piece of collateral or when they have been influenced because of something they've scene that you did not create, right. right? So they're bringing a perception to the conversation that had hopefully better be aligned with what you're saying and how you're presenting the products or services. But you're so right about being able to learn from everything. So everything you do. did you always know you were going to go into marketing? Like what was the key? Was it in college? Was it like, what was it about? I think I always knew I was going to be in business. Yeah. That was yeah. just the environment I grew up with. My father was a successful businessman. You know, I liked that aspect of it. I liked, you know, leading I liked being the decision maker, driving strategy, that sort of thing, and then being able to see that, you know, manifested out in the marketplace. So I've always had a passion for that, being able to develop and deliver plans that grow a business. Yeah. That's always been a lot of fun. And I think that's one of the things that I don't think people realize about marketing, and especially if you've been in that enterprise environment mm -hmm. or CPG, is that you do P&L management. Right, right. I mean, it's brand positioning. I mean, it's strategy, managing the entire selling, selling ecosystem, demand gen. I mean, it is a very rich environment with which to learn right. a little bit of something about everything, yeah. you know, over that trajectory. And that's what the management training program, you were in each functional area, you know, finance, HR, sales, and then you landed back in marketing as a product manager, but you learned that holistic management, which is one of the things we really strive with with our clients. We don't do one-off deliverables, you know. No. It, you've got to start with strategy. You've got to start with messaging so that your deliverables then have the impact you want them to have. Yeah. And we see that flipped around all the time. Someone wants to hire somebody to do a website. They don't have a strategy. They don't have messaging, and it falls flat. Exactly. Um, I'm not going to chase a squirrel, <laughs> but I think I'm going to have to have you come back on so we can talk about revenue strategy yeah. and why we ended up as a company right. really rallying around that term and what it means and being more intentional. But yeah. you did just queue up messaging. So <laughs> right. let's go ahead and dive in. So yeah. I'm going to level set. What the heck is messaging? I just want to yeah. make sure that like our marketing jargon and definition aligns with what the audience might be thinking, right. you know, when they, when they're thinking messaging for their companies. Yeah. Um, you know, messaging is one of those, again, fascinating things to me that, in the CPG world, it was positioning and then copywriting. Messaging as we do it now is, you know, broader than that. Yeah. And it really starts with a deep understanding of the persona, what their outcome they want it to be, what is success for them, really deep diving and defining that. Uh, messaging strategy to me, I, I told people when I was an independent consultant that 
you don't have to hire me to do anything else, but let me work on your messaging before you do anything yes. else. Because if you don't have your messaging target, if you're not saying the right thing that your persona is interested in and their ears perk up, and we all see it when it's done to us, you're scrolling your phone and the TV's on, you hear a commercial, it gets your attention, you pop up. That's because they understand your persona and they know what success means to you. They know what failure you're avoiding. They know what pain points and challenges you're dealing with and they're talking to you. Yeah. If you do nothing else, <laughs> just do that in marketing and you'll be miles ahead. But it gets overlooked. People don't think they need it. I just need some headline. I need a little bit of AI copy headline generation and I'm good to go. And that's why you see so much poor messaging in the marketplace these days. By this point, you guys have figured out that both Daisy and I are chief marketing officers. But what you might not realize is there's a whole team of us at the Marketing Blender and we also have outsourced marketing teams. So if you're curious about how we break revenue plateaus, how we untangle sticky messaging, and how we make sure to drive exciting return on investment and profitable growth, Check us out at themarketingblender.com, but it's not just for mid-market companies. We've also figured out how to scale it down for small businesses too. The Marketing Blender Lab is our program just for small businesses looking to hit their first million in revenue. You still get to work with a real chief marketing officer, and we use the same structures and systems that work to grow big businesses to help you meet and exceed your goals. So again, if you're interested, check out themarketingblender.com. See you there. To your point, a company could be doing everything tactically right. Yes. They can be in the right places with the right frequency, the right budget, the right metrics. And if your messaging sucks, yep. everything else will tank. Best case scenario, you're going to get the tiniest percentage yep. of what's possible. But I agree because I think people feel like messaging is a slowdown. Mm -hmm. like, why are we talking about this again? We sell what we sell. We do what we do. We are what we are. Yee, yeah, but your new prospects, the people that you haven't reached before or whose pains and challenges might be evolving, they're not thinking about you every day. No, so just because no. you think about it all the time, this is not one of the things that yep. people ever are allowed to just rest on their laurels. Like, oh, check the box, we're good. We've got messaging, done. Yeah, <laughs> and, you, and you, you think about messaging, we, we hammer every time with our clients, it's not about you, it's not about you. Yes. What pain points and challenges is your persona dealing with? Do you know and understand them? We always relate it to the dating life. You know, think about everyone's had really bad dates, and one of the things that drives that is the person sits down and immediately talks the entire time about themselves. Yes. You never want to see that person again. <laughs> they had no interest in you whatsoever. So how much marketing do you see that way, marketing messaging? we're great, we've been in business 50 years, we have these features, we have these benefits, you should be doing business. We talk a lot about it just get completely lost in the noise, how many distractions, how much are you dealing with today that you just filter that out. That's right. Because they don't know me, they're not talking to me. Just That's like right. that date, they don't wanna know me, they're just about themselves. We're the same way with brands. Absolutely. And we are definitely in a war on attention. Like we talk about this so Big much time. with our clients from stage, but that's the thing is there's no room for laziness because messaging has to be human. Yep. There's not a difference between how we receive information from a business perspective versus a person. It's still the same brain <laughs> receiving information in a very specific way. We organize it and so those, you know, there's an application that is exactly like when you're bringing up that comparison between dating, 
so on point because mm. the brain does not think differently no. about information no. than it does, you know, mm. it, just because you have a suit on or just because right. you're in your workspace. Yeah. So I love it. Now, real quick, one thing I realized we did not mention is in addition to all of your big business work, you have deep experience with small business yep. and we're a story brand guide yep. for a number of years. Yep. And so you're very well versed in you know, the modern frameworks and, yep. you know, the things that people have heard, so. Yeah, and, I, and I, I did that because, again, spending 20 years in large corporations, CPG, doing positioning, doing brand identity, having copywriting, all that's very good, but being able to put things in a framework so that, again, it positions the customer as the hero, which is the story pan vernacular, what do they really want? And a lot of times we look at what they want we were dealing with a franchise organization as one of our clients. Yep. They don't really want to buy a franchise. That's not really what they want. So I'm selling a franchise, so you're selling the wrong thing. They want a successful business and the intrinsic satisfaction of I achieved this, yes. and I'm now a successful business person. So how do you tap into that? And that's where StoryBrand and the, and the frameworks that we use really help that. And I, I got a buddy that says all the time, you know, it's simple, but it ain't easy. Yes. <laughs> Messaging development is a very simple <laughs> concept, but it's not easy. No. It takes work. And we go through a series of workshops and, our, you know, sometimes you see client fatigue a little bit because hadn't we done this? Hadn't we done this? Just hang with us. You're going to like the outcome because you're going to be able to then very easily talk about your brand and your business in a way that resonates with your target where they don't just tune it out immediately. That's right. And mm. once it's documented, it can be scaled. And I think people forget that just because somebody's around the business or you hire someone, that they're not just going to naturally intuit the best way to communicate about your value proposition or your brand promise or or they're not just going to automatically understand, more importantly, what does the market actually care about? What do the humans actually care about? And what's our universal point of view on how we talk to them about that pain point or that, you know, point of interest? Yeah, very true. So low-lying fruit, you know, in, in the headline, and we we're pretty much already building to this, you know, like our topic today is part of it is how do we get people's attention? Yeah. So... How do, how do we win the war on attention nowadays? Well, and it goes back to you know, what I was talking about in terms of like that franchise example. And we, we use the concept of story brand example. We do it too, your elevator speech, your one-liner. Typically somebody asks you what you do, you start immediately into, I've been in business this long, here's what I do. And, you know, and they're moving to the next person at the cocktail party. Yep. We try to flip that immediately into identifying a pain point when you tell them what you do. Um, you know, in the franchise example, again, they, they were telling me a story about one of their prospects was having marital problems because the business wasn't going well. Yes. So I said, well, you, when somebody asks you what you do, you might want to say you save marriages. I love it. Yeah. So that's, you know, what do you, somebody means you find? Well, we save marriages by having the best solution to a successful business model. So you've started with a pain point that that person's dealing with. Yeah. Another good example I've seen is you meet an in-home chef. So you meet them at a party and one of them says, you know, I come to the house and cook meals for the family during the week. The other one, when they're asked what you do, they say, well, do you know how families don't eat together anymore? Well, I come in and prepare a week's worth of meals so they can sit down and eat, have dinner together because there's only so many meals left together before the children leave the home. And that. Now, which one do you want to talk to? That's which right. one do you want to lean, you know, learn more? So I always talk about trying to deliver messaging that makes someone lean in and want to learn more 
versus the standards they've heard every day. Completely. You know, and just to point something out about that, in one scenario, somebody's listening and going, oh, I can't afford a chef or I don't, God wouldn't need that or I'm not looking for that, right? That has nothing to do with me. But in the next one where somebody's saying, you know, families don't have time to sit down, I'm like, oh. Yeah, like that's something that's breaking my heart. Right, that's right. something that I'm frustrated about. Yep. And so now all of a sudden it is about me. That's right. Whereas yeah. 30 seconds prior to that, no, nah, I don't I do not do that. I don't need that. That's interesting. How'd you get into that? But that has nothing to do with me. But not being able to spend time with my kids and my husband, that has everything to do with me. Right, which is why we go see such a deep dive into personas and learn those type things about our persona so that now we can talk to them and their true needs and what they're truly seeking. I don't want to hire an in-home chef. I want to be able to eat together with my family. Yeah. <laughs> so when you can tap into that's how you get people's attention. That's when they'll pay attention to you. Because you, you're meeting them. an actual pain point that you're talking about them. Yes. Again, it seems simple, but it's not easy and you don't see a lot of communication that follows that type, a lot of marketing communication that follows that formula. Because you're right, there was preparation and thoughtfulness there. And there has to be an intentional and documented discussion around what are they really buying. Because in that situation, they're not buying cooking services. They're buying time with their family. And you're so right. So many business can, you know, conversations are about... I am going to fix this problem in my business. Maybe it's you know consulting or an operating system or cleaning up financials or hiring whoever in order to help you overcome. And a lot of times what they're really buying is I can't live like this anymore yep. Yep. or I can't control my anxiety or I'm bringing problems home or I haven't taken a vacation in three mm-hmm. years or yep. even the career trajectory that I wanted. I'm not on that path because I don't know how to get past this scenario. So many different things, but it's never about what you sell. It's not about software. It's not about services. It's not about any of that. And so it's not soft, fluffy. I mean, it is really what triggers decision-making and why do people pay attention? Oh, because that's actually what's behind the decision. That's what I want. Yeah. And you've heard it said, it's a kind of cliche, you know, you got B to C, you got B to B, but it's all H to H. It's all human to human. Marketing communication is about human to human. And when you can really understand those things, and I know example from you a week or so ago when we were dealing with a client and they wanted you to be working with them directly because you inspired them. Well, it was just what you were just talking about. They don't take a vacation. They're mired in this chaos. So they're looking for that way out. Yep. And that's the messaging you want to be hitting on is what's the way out of your pain point. We're the ones that can get you there. Yeah. We can solve that challenge for you and get you what you want and avoid that failure. Yeah. And what is, what's at stake? What's really, at, you know, my life being like this every day is what's at stake. The stakes are high when you understand all that. And that's why we take the time to really dig into that and understand it. Absolutely. And people will start to go, stakes aren't really that high. Is this really that important right now? (laughs) Does this really matter? I mean, people will decide and then undecide, Mm -hmm. right? Like they'll start to backpedal. And if you know that you're offering something that is doing the right thing for that human, then helping them to stay focused on why they had decided to solve this problem and move forward in what the stakes really are and bringing yep. them back to them is so critical in yep. maintaining attention and not just losing them and getting ghosted somewhere along, especially in B2B, it's long. I mean, these are series of conversations and touch points and nurturing, but it is a real human being 
you know, where you're trying to help them maintain focus on their progress that they want to achieve, not just what you want to sell. Yeah, and it's our challenge as marketers and it's a challenge for the business. We talked about this this week is, you know, there's pain points that I'm dealing with that are inconvenient. Yeah. And then there's pain points I'm dealing with that alter. They make me make a change because I don't want to deal with this anymore. Okay, you need to say that again <laughs> because I really want people to go, wait, 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 because what you just said there is huge. Yep. So say that again about there's, the two different types of pain. There's pain that's inconvenient yep. and it bothers them, and then there's pain that alters, alters behavior. And we've all been there. That's I right. don't deal with this anymore. Now I will take an action. And it's incumbent upon us as marketing communicators to agitate that pain and let them understand that you don't have to deal with that pain. You can't alter it. Yeah. Because you're there and we want to help you get out of there. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Okay, so <laughs> we go through this process of messaging. Now it's documented. Now that leads to how do you roll it out, yeah, right? Yeah. Because a messaging document for us is the buyer personas. It's yeah. layer on layer on these are the actual words that represent the best version of how we communicate. But then it's got to be applied yeah. in different places and figuring out where and how. So let's talk about the homepage. Like, yeah. how in the heck do you know what a homepage is supposed to say? Well, a good thing, and this is kind of from the story brand world and, you know, just good basic uh, website development and in general, is when someone comes to your website, they need to know three things in about five seconds or less. They need to know what you do, and they need to know how to get it, and they need to know how it makes my life better. Now, if you can go look at dozens of websites and if you can't get that in five seconds, then that's not a good website. I don't care how creative it looks. Agreed. You know, it can be the best design ever, but if I can't figure out what you're doing, then it's not relevant to me. So we always, our mantra is clarity over creative, clarity over cute, make sure it's clearly communicated and then add the creative flair to it whenever you can where it makes sense. But that, that's the basis of it. Then we always have you know, a headline that describes specifically what the company does. Uh, maybe a subhead that starts describing that. How does it make my life better? A couple other benefit statements on there. And then the calls to action. Yeah. Clear, direct calls to action. So I know how to get it. Yeah. So it's very formulaic. So we don't, you know, it's not the old cliche. We do a messaging playbook and then that sits on the shelf and you go operate your day-to-day -day business. We immediately take it and start implementing it into the specific tactics for the client. Yeah. And you know, I think something that you're bringing up about the website is important because sometimes it's as simple as changing the headlines. Sure. And then also it's remembering you have multiple communication pathways because there's visuals as well. And so for instance, you know, we've got clients that are in aerospace. Okay, you need to be able to see humans in that version of that environment. And so you don't have to waste words saying we serve this industry or we are in this industry. So much can be communicated. And I love what you said about not being cute. Yeah. Um, taglines are great, yeah. right? But like they live in a certain place that is related to context and understanding of who you are and how you help. Yep. And so I see, I think one of the things that we see so often is companies have so focused so much on, oh, nobody pays attention anymore, five seconds or less, three seconds or less, right. that they they literally almost mush it down into jargon yeah. so it loses all meaning or, um, you know, they, they summarize into words, you know, customer service, excellence. Well, yeah, good God, everyone <laughs> right. says that. Those right. are the, what we say, the buzzwords, buzzwords of doom. Of doom. Yeah. Buzzwords of doom. <laughs> Integrity. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, they don't have meaning That's anymore right. in this world. And so giving, creating the space to say real things yeah. in like a human vernacular where people are like, 
that's about me. Well, you said something there from a creative design standpoint that often gets overlooked, especially in the B2B world. Yeah. We had a client that's in the construction industry. They do metal buildings. So we're doing website review. Every single website had a picture of a metal building. That's right. <laughs> None of them had happy, smiling people using and having a good day, being more prosperous because of the use of this metal building. And people are drawn to images of people. people. So from a creative standpoint, it's always good if you can show happy, smiling people using your product or service, not just the product or service. Yeah. So I can see myself, and that's what we always, we wanna have our clients see themselves in the story. And we don't tell your brand story, we tell the prospect story. We want to see, have them see themselves in that story, and that kind of imagery can really help that. Absolutely, <clears throat> and, you know, and people might pre-assume, oh, who metal buildings are for, as an example. Right, right. And so you show exactly somebody right. <laughs> dressed differently yep. than the automatic assumption, and they see themselves like, wait, that looks like me. It looks like me. Why would right. I need yeah. a metal building? You know, and there's a clever, you know, honest testimonial where you're like, oh, it goes back to that, I want dinner with my kids, yeah. right? And so that, like, what is it actually affording them? What are they really buying? And so I love that example. And the cool thing about that company, very heart forward. Oh, yeah. They're incredibly genuine, wonderful people. And so to have a sterile website that does not focus on humans, when in reality, they're very right. focused on the people right. they serve, it was just not true. Yeah. And they were undermining, you know, like some of the richness on why people really love them. Well, that's why we d deep dive into brand personality. And in the B2B world, brand personality is a lot the personality of the principles in the organization. A lot of times that's their brand personality. And just in that example, their brand personality is not being shown in their imagery and creative and their execution. Exactly. And we want to do that because it's human to human. Exactly. And you, you mentioned something else too. We know, you talked about this earlier. We know it every day. We know the buildings before, what, what the buildings are for. We deal with it every day. Why don't they know? <laughs> well, they're dealing with it in a very minute segment of time because you're trying to get their attention. You have to show them yeah. that they belong That's with right. that execution. Yeah. That is so right. And yeah. you know, I think, People get caught up in their differentiators. They get they get into the minutia of why they're better or different from other people. But when we're talking about how to get people's attention, that is not where differentiation lives. Like there's a timeline, if you will, or the buyer's journey where why they paid attention to you in the first place and why you got a seat at the table was about them. And then eventually there will be a point that that builds trust and it confirms that they're making a good decision. But those details and differentiators do not have to be the first That's right. thing. That's exactly because if there's right. no context around you versus what, that like they're completely empty. Yeah, and that's, that, that brought up a uh, image in my mind or a story in my mind of back in the CPG, day, CPG days, we talked about low involvement decisions, medium and high involvement. You know, I'm gonna go buy a boat, that's a very high involvement decision. But as we were learning all this, almost every purchase, no matter how minuscule, has a segment that it's a high involvement purchase for, like toothpaste. Toothpaste? Yeah. You just grab but if I use this whitening toothpaste and someone complimented my teeth and it helped that relationship and we went on a vacation. <laughs> so now that yes. starts. So again, there's, I'm not buying the toothpaste, I'm buying the outcome so I never, you know, that always that changed my perspective that time of even something as simple as that has a segment that is a very high involvement decision for. That's right. And that's your loyal customer base, so you really want to market to them. That is uh, such a good point. You know, it, it, um, 
brings up for me, you know, in behavioral economics, they now refer to it as cognitive load, right? And what I love is marketers have known this, talented marketers have known this the entire time, you know, where it's not, oh, I had research or I had specific, you know, neuroscience to back up why this is important, but there's been a conversation around how do people make decisions? How do they approach things? And there are times when, yes, like that high involvement, that high cognitive load, and you wanna know why people get ghosted? Because it gets overwhelming. I've decided not to decide. And it's funny, like even in beauty products and personal, gosh, that happens all the time for me, where once I learn a little more than I wanted to, I'm like, oh God, I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> I just wanted to buy some powder for my face. I don't. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Well, you're you're leading to another one. You know the overwhelming number of choices. Yeah. And there was a hotel example where you you checked in, you've traveled all day, and you're exhausted. And you get there, and they ask you what kind of pillow you want. <laughs> I just want to rent. We got four choices of pillows. We intentionally in our communication, our messaging, will give a plan for your prospect to connect with you. So I can see it, oh, I do this next, then this, and then this happens. So I don't have to overthink it. You're showing me the bridge from what my problem and pain point was to what that success looks like. You're showing me that bridge. Just to that point, to help with that cognitive, we got you. This is what you do next. And that's, again, that gets overlooked a lot. You know, there's just a contact us button, but there's nothing. Well, what happens when I contact you? What happens next? So we intentionally map that out in our communications for our clients. Absolutely, you know, and uh, you know, the audience, if they've watched some of our old ones, they know we refer to it as messaging choreography. And I think the reason that that's so important goes right back to what you said earlier is that it's simple, but it's not easy. And it's because it takes discipline to serve other people well, to meet them where they're at, to take the time to really think, what are we really buying outside of you know, the actual terminology of our product or service. And then how do we guide them through a process that does not overwhelm, but that commits them to the progress that they wanted and the outcome that they wanted. So thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, I could just keep going on and on and on. And I feel mm-hmm. like every time we talk, I learned something more. Like I like get more nuance. And right. so... I love it. Any final tips for people no, around dangers or like well, you just final on, takeaways? One of my favorite parts of our process is the messaging choreography because that's where people really start seeing that you're flipping standard communication on its head. And we always say, you know, try to think of this in terms of if you don't ever do business with me, do this. Really put yourself in that servant or guide role yes. so that person says, hmm, you're helping me whether I ever help you. And that, that really has an impact on building trust with a prospect. And that's what starts with those pain points. And then the next phase is obviously to teach. So what can I teach you that you ought to be watching out for and you ought to be doing whether you ever do business with me or not? It really flips tr- traditional communication on its head. I love it. Yeah. And that alone is being different. Exactly. In the marketplace without talking about the details. Exactly. That's awesome. Gene, thank you (laughs) so much. And you guys, we appreciate you beyond anything that you can imagine. (laughs) So if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. We would love to hear from you, questions, comments. And as always, my amazing team has put a whole bunch of resources on messaging down in the notes. So take a look at that. And onward and upward, we'll see you next week. Mm